0: What's up, you guys? It's Naval here, and today I'm going to be giving you the first episode of the Legends Lounge podcast. This is a new podcast that you can find on all podcast streaming platforms like Spotify and iTunes, including a video version on YouTube. This is the one-stop shop to hear all your favorite content creators and pro players and see what they have to say about the game while getting to know them on a personal level. And for the first episode, we have a very special guest, the one, the only, Sor Kobe. What's going on, man? Hope you're feeling better.
1: How you doing? How you doing? doing pretty How you doing? good, doing pretty good.
0: Doing good, doing good. That's what I like First to off, uh, I, I, I want to congratulate you on your newest merch drop. Hopefully everything kind of uh, went over well and just everything just looked absolutely amazing.
1: Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. It's doing pretty, uh pretty decent. Uh, Very satisfied with how the quality of everything came out and uh, the reaction from my community. So
0: it's good to hear. We'll definitely get in, uh, more into it a little bit later, uh, but I kind of want to just start off with your beginning. Uh, I'm sure people can piece together where you've kind of come up in, uh, in content creation terms, but from your POV and in your own words, like, how and when did you start making videos and, like,
1: why? Um, so I was heavily inspired by... Uh, I guess we'll go back into 2010, 2011, when I first bought my uh, Dazzle uh, game capture device that came out way back when. On the 360, Um, I was heavily inspired by Optic Predator's Predator montage, um, MW2 quick scoping, and just nasty search and destroy stuff, um, as well as Pomage's The Catalyst. Both of those montages kind of got me heavily inspired to um, start quick scoping on like Call of Duty and stuff like that. So I bought a Dazzle and recorded on a very, very terrible laptop. It was like one of my mom's old work laptops. And I would record like 30 minutes at a time until I'd hit something cool. And uh, I would just go into search and destroy, go for like spawn shots, uh, like spawn shot, trick shots, and go into TDM or ground war or whatever, and just go for snipes and just yeah, that's pretty much it. Quick scoping that's kind of what started it all for me. Uh, I've been gaming ever since I was super young from games like Madden, Banjo-Kazooie on the Nintendo 64, Pokemon, Spyro. Like, I can go on a list. Guitar Hero, Rock Band, all of it. So I've always been a gamer, um, but it wasn't up until like 2010, 2011 when I got inspired by those two montages to start playing Call of Duty myself and going for the same things. Um Obviously, everyone, well, a majority of people in the gaming community are heavily inspired by Face Clan as well. Um, that's also the route I took. Um, you know, being inspired by trickshotting and sniping clans and stuff like that. So um, I did that for about five, six years, I'd say, <clears throat> uploading trick shots and stuff like that. Um, going for recruitment challenges, uh, Phase Five. Soul recruitment challenge, obey recruitment challenge, era. Uh pretty much every gaming call of duty trick team back then I went for. Um I was in a bunch of smaller orgs, uh set, 7F, auto. I can go on for days. Uh there's a bunch of teams and people that I've met throughout the six years of playing Call of Duty, but after I believe it was Black Ops three, I went over to RuneScape, old school RuneScape. And actually became a full-time content creator on YouTube and Twitch for RuneScape. Uh, I was playing a game mode called Hardcore Iron Man, where pretty much you can't trade anybody in the game. And you can't, like, use certain things. And you only you only have one life. So, um, it was pretty interesting. Uh, I got, like, rank 50 over a year and a half of just playing. And I ended up dying on that account. And... I felt really, really upset when I died on that account because I put so much time and effort into it. It must have been like three, four thousand hours of game time into that one account. And then, you know, once you die, you lose that status. So um, I know it's a completely different game and some people might not understand it fully, but you can picture it just like Minecraft hardcore as well, uh, where, you know, you work really hard on something and then you can die in the game and then you lose it all. So it's a lot of pressure. Uh, As a smaller creator at that time, uh, dying on that account affected my financial and uh, stuff like that. So I had to go back and get another job. I believe I worked at Dollar Tree at the time. I was doing side hustles, like getting free couches off Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace, stuff like that. And then cleaning them up. um, If they're leather, redoing the leather and then reselling them for like 50 to 100 bucks. And that was one of my many side hustles I've had. Um, I'm a sneakerhead, so reselling shoes was a thing as well. Uh, reselling designer clothing, stuff like that is what I did to kind of get enough money to invest into gaming fully, I guess. Um, and it wasn't up until, I'd say, 2019 at the beginning, January, where um, I ended up getting robbed for all the money I had while I was out of town. Um, I don't really go too deep into it, but I ended up losing every dollar I had while I was out of town. It was a mistake and um, I had to sell like all my stuff, including the gaming stuff to to pay my bills and stuff like that. So uh, after some time, I was able to get my money back up there doing these side hustles and got enough money to get a PS4 again to play with some friends. At the time it was Fortnite and within a month of playing Fortnite, apex was released and my friend who is currently staying with me right now uh kyle recommended me to play apex with them so we hopped on one day i loved the way the game was i remember looking at the prowler and it reminded me of halo because i played a lot of halo back in the day as well so the Prowler reminded me of like a halo gun so that's what made me inspired to play uh completely opposite of halo as we all know and uh Within a week, I ended up dropping the 30 kills solo world record, and that's kind of where it all began.
0: Was there anybody like from Apex that kind of really influences you within content creation?
1: Um, As of like right now, or do you mean like in the beginning or?
0: In the beginning, for sure.
1: Um, So in the beginning, I didn't really watch anybody that played Apex. I remember when it first came out, A bunch of the phase guys like phase dirty um a lot of the phase snipers played apex to kind of get the feel for it and um i was watching their videos and then i was watching noah jay play apex as well i know noah jay was pretty big into it for like a month straight he played it um Mm -hmm. so i i watch a lot of noah jay so watching that definitely um influenced me a little bit i'd say Mm -hmm. so um uh, back in the beginning, I definitely don't think I've watched any content creators that played Apex. It was mostly RuneScape and Call of Duty, and it still is that to this day. I still pretty much only watch RuneScape and uh, Call of Duty content creators, but they definitely inspire me to mix in content from different like gaming communities and bring it into Apex. That's where I get a lot of my ideas from. It's actually kind
0: of interesting. I tried going back to your YouTube channel, be able to kind of piece together your mm-hmm. own, uh, your own start from my POV, and I never even knew that you were a part of Runescape. Yeah, uh, I didn't know that your first uh, YouTube video, that's at least still public on your YouTube channel, is like a 20 second long Call of Duty Ghost trick shot on the map Stormfront. Yep. When when did you feel like you kind of elevated your content to something you know w- worth watching or or worth you know like spending time on editing and etc Um. Like okay. Did, so when did you start?
1: Back in that era, um, pretty much if you were a trick shot or a sniper, all you did was pretty much upload single clips like that, like single 30 second mm-hmm. trick shots or um montages or introducing to teams. Uh it wasn't really more of like a content creator type of thing. It was more of a like a trick shot or quote unquote trick shotter uh channel. So it wasn't up until I think like a year after doing it where uh, I was heavily inspired by The Phase guys doing their cut commentaries. You know, Phase Jeb still does them to this day. Uh, Mm -hmm. If there's anybody out there that watched, I'm sure a a decent amount of people that are listening to this uh, watched Phase Clan when they were in the New York house, and they were all making cut (laughs) comms, and it was just a really good time to be alive. That uh, heavily inspired my channel as well. Uh, I mean, I played BL2 the same way they did, the same time frame, so uh, I was making very, very bootleg uh, quality cut uh terrible quality but i'd say it wasn't yeah. up until 2019 2020 like early 2020 where i really really realized what the title content creator means you know there's people that just simply upload gameplays and they're still a content creator but um you know there's certain videos that i've made on my channel that you can see that um the creative levels to it. Yeah, like someone yeah. someone like you, I really respect your work because you're one of those people that are a content creator. You have a creative brain, you do all the work yourself. Like if you need a little bit of help from somebody else, you'll get it, but for the most part you're independent and do a lot of your work yourself and are super creative with it. So um you know, comparing that to someone who simply just uploads a 20k game once a week, you know, there's there's different levels to it. Um, but yeah
0: i appreciate the kind words coming from big
1: man yes sir yes sir
0: i feel like a lot of people really started like their career in either halo or call of duty especially what like you mentioned that the new york face house like mm-hmm. i'm sure like a lot of like new gen kids probably don't even remember the the new york house but like all the the old school guys so mm-hmm. they but, were like you said those like were the times man
1: three times a day they were there were some grinders Um, definitely, really inspired the work ethic that I have today. I mean, you look Mm -hmm. at uh, Rain, Phase Rain, back in the day, he would upload um once on his main channel, two times on his second channel. So,
0: like I just, he had a crazy work ethic, man. Yeah, it's it's definitely forgotten at this point, but like for people who know, they know it's just his work ethic was just so stupid, it was insane.
1: It was absolutely
0: insane, absolutely. Uh. I know you talked about a couple of your side hustles and whatnot, but when did you feel like content creation or streaming or just creating videos became your full-time job? Like, was there like a certain paycheck that came in or was there a certain moment or certain video that like broke a certain amount of views or um, when, when did you feel like it became your full-time job?
1: So I got a like mini shout out from somebody in the RuneScape community. Uh, he goes by the name DVS, um, he was a close friend of mine and he was like, hey, man, like you're a top ranked player like I am. I've been doing this for like three years, uploading content. You should do the same thing. Just upload your progress. Pretty much just hit record and whatever progress you make, throw it in an episode and, you know, see see how long it goes. And uh, so he gave me like a little starter shout out. And I was getting like three to five thousand views a video. Um, and then I just kept it consistent like two to three times a week. I'd upload. and um they started going up to like five, ten thousand, fifteen, twenty was like the peak for that. And uh that was that was pretty much enough to hit that threshold to get you know um some sort of money monthly from YouTube. I believe it was just like two to three hundred, four hundred dollars a month. And then on Twitch I'd stream as well. So like I do right now, just to a smaller community. Uh I believe it was maybe like Another hundred to two hundred, unless it was a really crazy month. You know, Twitch streamers have those all the time, so could be like four or five hundred. So, um, yeah, I was bringing home enough to, uh, kind of equal out how much I would have made working at a minimum wage job, which I was working at. uh, Like I said, Dollar Tree at the time, seven twenty-five an hour, uh, four-hour shifts, like three, four days a week. I wasn't bringing home anything, so, um. I was making more playing RuneScape, so I um, that's when it I it kind of clicked, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go full time and you know just grind this out.
0: I, I know you said you were like relatively big in the, the RuneScape community. Uh-huh. For somebody who's like thinking about jumping over <laughs> from one gaming uh genre to a next, because like RuneScape is pretty different from Apex, right? Absolutely. So like, it's
1: an MMO or is there? A,
0: Did you ever feel like scared or was there any doubts of switching from RuneScape to Apex?
1: Absolutely, Um, my best friends even to this day still make fun of me because uh, (laughs) in the the beginning I was like, I'm a RuneScape content creator. Like they don't wanna, my YouTube community and Twitch community don't wanna watch me play Apex. And they were like, bro, Mm -hmm. just stream it, bro, just upload it. And I was like, no, like what's the point? And it wasn't until that world record where I told my friend if that video hit 100,000 views, I would upload every single day on YouTube. And I did. So <laughs> ever yeah. since then, I kind of just stuck to my word. And I mean, time can tell what happened from then on out, you know?
0: Fair enough, fair enough. I know uh, my buddy Crowder, who's uh, really big in the the Call of Duty community. He used to be a uh, relatively, interested in in apex i know he still likes the game but he just doesn't get the viewership that he does on call of duty mm-hmm. he he used to play uh apex with me and my buddy cole and we just used to have a bunch of fun but he just couldn't stick on the game just because he didn't like have the same viewership that he did on cod on apex so right i know making the switch is like really difficult for some people because it's just like you have one paycheck and you kind of get this consistent viewer base and then you try and go to a different game that you might enjoy more or you think is better but you don't bring that viewership over like probably the most recent person who like fully switched was i stepping down from uh, the TSM roster kind of go content creation in in Valorant while still playing apex to be able to maintain viewership and just overall enjoy the game. Right. I mean, I think that's, it's just really hard to be able to switch from one game to another and keep the same viewer base and and paycheck at the same time.
1: It can be very demotivating for sure. Uh, You see it Mm -hmm. happen with a lot of, content creators and stuff making that switch uh can definitely really be demotivating Uh, i mean you're going from what you're comfortable with down to you know taking a risk and that's kind of what it's all about in this industry is taking risks and seeing you know how hard you can grind during those hard times to to start to see success because no matter what game you switch to you will see success it's just a matter of time and patience and it's pretty much it if you give up in a month who knows maybe that one extra day you put in could have been that that breaking point for you so Mm
0: -hmm. um is there is there one thing or or two that people kind of misread about you that you want people to know about because i know for me personally i'm very joking Mm -hmm. if somebody's new comes into my twitch chat and they see me just railing like a mod or something like that being mean to somebody they're gonna automatically think oh this guy's a dick or this guy's rude or something like that but that's just how i talk with my close friends and i'm sure other people have that same way but i'm very very blunt Mm -hmm. and i kind of want people to know that about me is there anything that you want people to know about you that you kind of just see as a stigma
1: um yeah there's uh probably one of the biggest things is um with the way that I kind of grew my channel in the beginning, like uploading those 20 kill games every single day, that was one of the things I did for like a hundred days straight was uploaded a 20 kill game. Uh, A lot of Mm -hmm. people think that I I think that I'm like a really good player at Apex. I obviously don't. I mean, I know I'm a decent player, but uh, a lot of the people that, that watch me on YouTube and stuff think that I'm like an, an incredible player. Like I have this like huge ego. Uh, I think I'm the best, like stuff like that. But in reality, I know I'm far from the best. I don't want to be the best. I just like playing video games to have fun. So I feel like people kind of misinterpretate or whatever word that is. <laughs> I'm stupid, tired, and a little bit sick, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I feel like people kind of misunderstand like where I'm coming from in certain videos. And I feel like sometimes I can come off uh, a little bit... Uh, a little bit cocky. yeah but it's the competitive yeah. in me you know everybody has yeah, this that still, competitive grind in them that like sometimes you'll get that squad wipe and you'll be like let's go you know you'll get hype and you might say something that people will mm-hmm. take differently than in the moment you know you you don't really realize what you're saying type stuff so that's definitely, yeah, there's uh, definitely like
0: there's definitely like times like in the moment and and, and there's a difference between like in the moment and like Behind closed doors, like, mm-hmm. I, I see, like, silver players that are, like, somehow hard-suck silvers that say, like, they, they get an insane squad wipe. It's still, like, really good, and they'll say that they're the best. Yeah. But I guarantee you, if you ask them behind closed doors, if they think that they're the best, they won't say it. So there's definitely, like, a, a difference between, like, in-game and, like, having that kind of adrenaline, adrenaline rush. Right. And, like, being behind closed doors. So I I definitely get what you're saying there.
1: The only other thing I'd probably say is... uh uh probably go with i'm not like everybody else in the community uh i feel like i'm i mean everybody has their own demons and stuff and not to get all sad on on people but um you know i do struggle with very bad anxiety and depression i've been struggling with it since i was 12 um depression running through the family i've lost lots of people in my already small family to uh suicide and stuff so Uh, A lot of people, you know, have high expectations for me to upload this crazy content all the time and stream every single day. But um, especially times like right now, I've streamed three times this month. um, I'm just kind of on one of those breaks where I need like a mental reset. Uh, Like I spoke to you before this call, uh, you know, I have really bad physical health where um, I was diagnosed with functional abdominal pain disease three years ago at Cleveland Clinic. and on top of anxiety, depression. Um, I have a lot of other very bad like health issues. Um, and all of that kind of just piles in, makes me look like I'm dead in a lot of videos and streams. And even in this video, I might look dead or like I just smoked weed or something, but I, I don't do any drugs. I don't do anything like that. It's, uh, it's just, you know, People, people all go through their own things. That's what I like to get off. Uh, People think that I quote unquote, glamorize uh, mental health issues and stuff like that. But I don't think people realize that, um, you know, I've been through it all having panic attacks for, you know, years being with a psychiatrist since I was 15, multiple therapists, acupuncture, uh, doing it all man. So uh, a lot of people don't really understand that when it comes to me, like I give off sad vibes a lot like very you know you can you can kind of see it in my eyes sometimes and it's just like i don't do that for attention at all um i don't tweet about how i feel i don't like to publicly say how i feel um i keep it private because that's how it should be because otherwise you know you'll let things get into your head people will tweet at you and be like hey you're doing this just for attention or you know so when when i'm in these like not too healthy mind states, I tend to not upload or stream just for the simple fact that I don't want to give off. There's no there's no point in streaming when you're in that kind of mood, because I like to stream to make people happy. And if I can't even make myself Mm -hmm. happy, then it's hard to make others happy. So that's the only other thing I'd say about me is um, a lot of people don't know, like my past and like what I've really been through. And the fact that, you know, mental health is a huge thing, especially with gaming that people really have to uh, focus on it deteriorates your, uh, your brain hundred percent.
0: Yeah. I'm sure people kind of understand like people need mental breaks and whatnot. And mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of like viewers and, and supporters <laughs> that you have kind of like relate to that. Cause a lot of the, the people that I kind of watch, you know, I'm able to relate to them on some sort of level and I'm sure some of your viewers or your supporters are able to relate with you. So right. it's definitely nothing to be, you know, not embarrassed about, but it's 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 at this point where it's just the world is getting uglier and uglier, and this this stuff is starting to become more common. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you just got to find the brighter things or the the better things or the light in in things at this point, right? For sure.
1: I'd, yeah, I just like to uh, I like to talk about it in my streams and stuff every now and then, just because you know there are people out there that that you know truly do have it worse, and that's why I don't like to complain. Um, I find my uh, I I like to relate to people in the music scene where. You know, I like to kind of relate to people with um artists like nothing nowhere who I've played with. Um in the background of my streams, you know, you got Lil Peep, you got um Juice World X. There's so many, so many artists that um I like relate to on a a whole different level of like mental health and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where in my content people kind of relate to me. And, you know, we we all have this this quote unquote bond, I guess, where you know, I feel like the real ones know and like can relate. And then the ones who are living in a fantasy world just don't really like me because I like to, you know, like you said, be blunt about it and be upfront and talk about these things that other people don't want to talk about or don't talk about, you know?
0: Yeah, for sure. Dude, you talking about Lil Peep, you're getting me and my feels at this point. Lil Peep's got me through some things. Dude, they uh, mm-hmm. they came out with a... Uh, a I don't want to say movie, but they came out with a documentary about Lil Peep. Did you see that at all, or no? I've
1: seen the documentary. I've seen the recent Hellboy documentary. I know everything about Peep. I've listened to every song. I have three Lil Peep tattoos on my body. I'm a I'm a huge <laughs> oh fan gosh. of them. So yeah, his
0: music is something else. It's it like Lil Peep. Like there's I'm sure there's a lot of artists out there that just like have their own distinct kind of like mm-hmm. feeling or vibe to it, but Peeps is just like like no others, man. Yeah, like,
1: he, he changed the music scene absolutely, and his, the lyrics yeah. in his music. Um, a lot of people, it, people make fun of me because they think I'm quote unquote a, a wannabe little peep. But uh, if people actually took the time to realize, like, uh, when you look up to somebody, um, it really affects you. Like, mm-hmm. um, so you've seen the documentary, I'm assuming. His his childhood life was damn near identical to mine. Uh, you know, not having a dad around, not, have, well, he had, you know, his grandfather, but not having like a father figure around to, you know, kind of raise him. um, just being with his mom, learning to make his mom happy, going through school, being bullied through school. Cause you're different. Um, not having friends getting forced into not forced, but hanging around with the wrong people in high school, getting into drugs. And then, like I said, anxiety and depression, obviously that's something he was going through really bad anxiety um, and the label he was with, I mean, there's no need to get into the full, you know, conspiracies, but the label he was with was obviously, um, not helping when they're touring him so often and he didn't want to tour on some days and they forced him to that, you know, would give him little, literally feed him, um, Xanax and all sorts of other stuff. And, you know, uh, if he would have, if they would have helped him seek help in any other way, I think things would have been different, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, there's no need to get into all that, but like I said, um it's just for the people that are like, man, you're such a little peep wannabe. It's like I, I think you, people gotta realize that when you kind of latch on to someone's someone's life like that, where you finally understand that there's somebody that is went through a similar thing and and the music that they're making is like identical to the life you're living, it it's it hits way different than, you know, listening to future rap about having a $80,000 Patek on his arm, you know, (laughs) like, like I I don't, I don't relate to that. I relate to more, more deep things and sad stuff. So yeah, that's kind of where my inspiration would come from. I'd say it's a, a lot of music, um, Avenged Sevenfold, Nothing Nowhere, like all the artists I named already. Um, and then for content creation, it would just be inspiration coming from other uh, gaming communities and mer- merging it into Apex. Very, very wide background
0: and just kind of like a very diver- not only wide, but just diverse at the same time. Kind of making one, one big dog of a, of a content creator here. So it's, I suppose, it's, uh... it's actually amazing to hear. Mm. Um, now kind of want to move into the, the three main talking points of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one, like I said, at the beginning of the podcast, I want to talk about was merch. You obviously um, have had a diverse background that we've already talked about and I'm sure that there's a lot of like influence from your background that goes into your merch. Mm -hmm. Uh, What what kind of like uh, what made you make merch in the first place? Like I I remember you telling me about the whole Facebook marketplace where you kind of like bought things, Mm -hmm. uh, refurbished them and then resold them Said that you were also a sneakerhead. You were into fashion. What made you want
1: to make merch in the first place? Um, I mean, it's always a content creator's dream to be able to have merch, but being able to make merch that, um, people could actually wear in public and not feel uncomfortable in some sort of way. Um, I'd always wanted different merch. So, you know, a lot of content creators out nowadays, and there's nothing wrong with this. Um, they just slap their logo on a Gildan T and call it a day. Um, I'm really, really, really into streetwear and fashion and all that stuff. So I really my first merch drop went terrible. I worked with a company I'm not going to say the name of. Um not only did they financially screw me over really bad. Um of course merch is not I do not care about the money for the merch and we can get into that in in a second here, but um <clears throat> they screwed me over financially really bad. Not only that but the products the quality of the products were, were awful. I've had some people that had the front logo on the back and the back logo on the front and holes in the shirt. Terrible company. Uh, that's why I don't go through online companies like Teespring. or That wasn't the company I went through, but like companies like that where you just send them a graphic yeah. and they send stuff out to your fans. Uh, I went local yeah. uh, for my last merch drop, and... I made all the ideas myself. So there was that trust issues concept that I had, where um, it was a t-shirt, it had a rib cage on the front, in the back, there was multiple stab wounds, and then it said trust, trust issues on the bottom, and the front had a knife through the heart. That is something that I made myself through the concept, because I have been through, and everybody has been through certain situations where family, friends, or whoever has stabbed you in the back and has hurt you, and you know, that's something where I want to wear what I've been through to help me get to the you know where I want to be at in the future you know uh, holding on the past is is not healthy so that concept was was really deep and that was the best seller of my second merch drop it, it took three weeks to find the quality of shirts that I that I wanted um, like like I said with the pricing financially um, you can tell I didn't do it for the money because the cost of the last merch drop, uh, for the company to make the the long sleeve was $52.50. And I sold it for 55 So I was only making $2.50 while there's merch out there uh, where people are making like 20, 25 bucks a shirt. So that's just a little little idea to to, to keep in mind. Um, but for this merch drop, it was heavily on mental health. Uh, it's fall, winter, 2020 drop. I plan to do them seasonal. Um... This drop has a few really, really amazing pieces on it uh, going around, you know, sadness, emotions, uh, anxiety. And we have a, a more quote-unquote normal design on there because a lot of my merch is inspired by um, brands like Most People Are Dead on Instagram, uh, Bad Memory Club, there's Warren and Lotus. Uh, a lot of these like grudge kind of Uh, one-of-one custom pieces type of look Mm -hmm. and um, I get inspired by a lot of other companies and their designs and stuff like that so I understand that my merch drops are are really deep and really grudgy and people like I said think I glamorize mental health in this drop but uh, actually 10% of all earnings are going to um, mental health awareness charity and I'm donating $5,000 myself January uh first 2021 when the merch drops over so uh on this merch drop we have i believe five or six different designs uh on hoodies, crew necks, long sleeves, t-shirts and then some stuff from the second drop is on there as well uh from overstock so that's that's pretty much the rundown with the merch i really care about it i put my my all into it make sure the quality's literally the top line it's stuff that you can wear it's not just a cringy logo and um it may be deep but you know sometimes that's what i like to wear i like to wear stuff that likes to express you know who i am that's just how it is yeah
0: it's it's definitely unique and like i like i was saying before like a lot of your your community i feel like can definitely like uh relate mm-hmm. to you with your, your your past demons and stuff and your mm-hmm. your merch definitely like your your merch like you were saying like a lot of content creators just slap a logo on there. Like, right. obviously, if you buy that, you're supporting the content creator that you're wearing. But yours carries, like, a whole different weight to it. It's not just a logo. It's not just a simple design. It's not just, like, a, a cursive writing of somebody's name. It, it has its own meaning. It's It's got its own backstory that you can write a book about. So, it's definitely, yep. every, every piece is unique with, with looking the same of, uh, like, say, if somebody buys the, the, the Trust Issues one, mm-hmm. like, each one just carries its own weight to it. Yeah, so each
1: each. Um, concept really means a lot to me um and i, I like to look back and I, li- I would like to look back one day and be like you know wow this is where it began and you know here's where we're at when it comes to merch wise because like i said each drop has a different concept and the the second drop was cool but this is my favorite drop by far and i feel like every drop from here on out is gonna just get better and better and you know who knows maybe people that don't even watch video games could end up liking my merch and purchasing it. Like people have at a, at the store in my city, they have a, a section in store of my merch and there's people that don't even know who I am, don't, doesn't watch gaming, ha- has purchased the trust issues concept just for the simple fact of the concept behind it. So that's what kind of where I would like to be at in the future is to be able to um, sell merch to people that don't even watch gaming stuff that they're simply just into fashion and really like the concept of tees and stuff that's
0: actually really sick to hear is it just in in the the one shop that you kind of like bought these uh or not bought but kind of like printed the shirts with locally is it only in that shop or is it in a couple more
1: um so it's the screen printing company they're called iron empire here in my city Uh, i live in erie pennsylvania um they have a storefront and that's where where the people who know me locally can go and buy the merch without you know ordering it and then have it, having having mm-hmm. to get it shipped to the same city so they have a store out front uh they plan on getting a store in the mall sometime in the future in the next like month or two and uh i'm going to be doing a fan meetup there of course with masks and taking safety precautions but um mm-hmm. my merch will be there as well for anybody that's Remotely in the area from Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, it's a two hour drive. So, you know, I'd like to, um, you know, get a nice fan meet up at the store and sign a bunch of people's merch and stuff, meet a lot of people. So that's
0: actually sick to hear big plans. Actually, yeah. you said it was from iron empire.
1: Yep. Iron empire And they,
0: you said that they were in, in Pennsylvania. Yep. I didn't know that. I, I, as soon as you said the company, I knew exactly who you were talking about. That's actually insane. I got a family that lives up in Pennsylvania, so that's actually kind of insane. Yeah, These they were on uh, Small World.
1: He was on um one of. the... It was a TV show a while ago. I forgot the name of it. It was something like a billionaire something.
0: Shark Tank.
1: Maybe. That? Uh, Iron. where like he pitches
0: Iron ideas.
1: No, it was like more of like a. Uh, it was inside the undercover billionaire, so he was on that undercover. Oh, billionaire.
0: undercover boss, that thing?
1: No, it's literally called undercover billionaire.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. It's
1: like a, it's like a show on uh, Hulu, and uh, okay, a lot of people know Iron Empire from that. Um, he was on that show, so
0: that's actually cool.
1: Yes, sir. Yeah,
0: I know you said that they're going to be moving or trying to not necessarily move, but expand into a mall. Yep. I, I'm sure your, your, your designs are doing well in the, uh, in the shop, the, the standalone shop, but if that, I, I swear, if your, if your designs get into a mall, I know a lot of the, uh, the malls, cause I have a really massive, massive mall, mm-hmm. like literally five minutes away from me. If you walk, drive like two minutes, like so close. And a lot of the designs that sell extremely quick. Because I used to work at a Foot Locker, which is kind of really close to a, uh, a, a t-shirt and kind of like sweatshirt and just clothing shop in general. Yeah. Dude, there was this, uh, I don't I don't know the name of the company, but there was like these kind of like drops that look very similar to yours and kind of have the same concept with the deeper meaning behind it. And they always just like had them hung up where exactly where I could see it from. And they would just sell so quick. And I know a lot of people that go to the mall are usually in the uh i don't know like teens or like Mm -hmm. early 20s or 30s and i feel like that's kind of like the market that really connects with what you're kind of dropping so i feel like going into a mall would just be absolutely massive for you
1: right right it'd be really cool yeah
0: um for smaller creators when would you say is a smart time to kind of create your own merch like is there any point that's just it's too early or like when, when would you say is a smart time to be able to drop merch for somebody who's like coming
1: up? Um, It's honestly up to the creator's opinion. Um, It's up to how close they are with their fan base. If, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to only sell one shirt or two shirts, but if you're going to do something like I did locally, um, companies won't really want to work with you if you're only going to be you know getting a shirt or two made um it's never a bad thing though so honestly you can you can make merch whenever i have a a buddy of mine who did his merch through the same first company that i did my merch from and he's a very very small creator and he'll probably sell like you know one to five maybe ten shirts in a month which isn't bad but um so I guess to answer that question, I guess it's all up to your own knowledge of your community. Um, it doesn't hurt to not sell anything and it doesn't hurt to, you know, sell five or 10 pieces to the mods in your stream or, or close friends that watch your stream, you know? hmm. There, I wouldn't say there's really necessarily a threshold or anything like that where you would have to hit to be like, okay, I think merch is, you know, a good idea now.
0: Yeah. For for esports companies, how much do you think that they should value merch? Because like, uh, 100 Thieves, for example, right? Mm-hmm. They are uh, not necessarily laughing stock, but when you compare 100 Thieves to other um, big uh, esport orgs like TSM or something like that, you can definitely tell like 100 Thieves values their own merch and their own you know shirts and designs and stuff. Yeah. A lot higher than a lot of other esports teams. What kind of ratio, from your opinion, from your POV, should esports teams kind of value when it comes to uh merch, when it comes to their esports teams and content? Like, what should um, the ratio be?
1: I feel like a lot of esports teams um should set a little bit higher of a standard that they have now. A uh, hundred thieves has it a, a pretty basic standard, which I think. Um, because not like i said not everybody wants to walk around with just a, a esports logo on a hoodie um you know mm-hmm. putting that extra little effort into merch is definitely where the bar should be set at i think you know overall everybody in the community should try to step away from just slapping a logo on a tee and calling it a day um but then again the market to the the gamers in the community you know a lot of people don't really care what they're wearing or they just want that basic logo on a t-shirt i mean it's really up to the buyers but in my personal opinion i think that the bar should be set a little bit higher i think that esports orgs should put a little bit more effort into their merch drops and their clothing that they're dropping because um that's a big big Um, source of income for esports orgs because you know not only are they getting sponsors and stuff like that but merch is you know another main source of income that orgs are looking to get you know Um, yeah it's not like they the org makes it's not like the org streams every day on twitch you know it's the 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 content creators within the org that do so being able to sell merch as a esports org and making merch that's really cool and you know has a concept that you can wear in public. I think is really ideal. And I think the bar should be set a little bit higher than just a logo. You know?
0: Yeah. They're their their merch is like limited. Like mm-hmm. limited, limited. limited. Like I'm yeah they're if you go on like eBay you'll find like a hundred thieves cream hoodie like still packaged for like triple the value. Yeah. Like even if it's it's like a it's like a shoe drop basically like a a Jordan shoe drop where people mm-hmm. just line up outside of Foot Locker stay there for like midnight and they just have they they buy like five pairs sell four of them on ebay and keep one of them for themselves and they just make profit like 100 thieves is definitely a pioneer when it comes to their own merch game they're doing they're doing wonders over there making everything very limited and kind of like raising their own value and their own uh i don't want to say ecosystem that's not the right word they're raising their own like um they're raising their own value by themselves just by making out how limited and how how many fans that they have that are willing to spend that kind of money
1: right. absolutely. I think they they're doing really good when it comes to that. I mean, drops like that are really really uh, stressful and and hard to to work on and get up to the drop date. So them being able to sell out and for the buyers to be able to resell that, uh, I know. People like uh, banks when he created the brand Loose Change back in I believe it was 2017 Mm -hmm. or 2018. The the being like people like that seeing resell in their own drops is is rewarding and kind of it's like wow that's really sick. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're I think they really set the bar for esports orgs to kind of step their game up a little bit and not necessarily make everything limited, but at least put a little bit more effort into designs rather than, you know, just basic stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Speaking about teams in general, what's the the best way to get recognized by teams? Because you said that you've kind of gone for a lot of different uh, RCs, recruitment challenge for people mm-hmm. who don't know. You've been in multiple teams within the COD community, especially Otto. I remember you said that name. That was, was insane to think about. That brought me back too far. Yeah, You've been in multiple teams, you're part of Sore Gaming, which like I said before, is like a massive part within the Apex Legends community. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but also like a very big pioneer within the, the Call of Duty community. Mm-hmm. What's kind of the best way to get recognized by a team like Soar or just any kind of like org? Uh,
1: first off, let me start off by saying um, not every content creator uh, belongs in an org. Not every content creator should want to be in an org. Um, I think it's all up to preference personally i really like agencies um for people that don't know agencies are like uh evolved and that's who i'm with and a few other agencies out there where they kind of do the back-end work for you and they take a cut from it um orgs are pretty much for either a financial aid b like you have a family bonding relationship with all the people within the org or see you're a smaller content creator trying to get more insight and knowledge to grow your personal channel. Um I feel like I'm at the point where I don't necessarily need an uh, org to represent unless I needed it for, you know, financial aid or, or something like that. Um, like if I were out of sore tomorrow, I wouldn't mind just for the simple fact that um, it's like agencies help out a lot more than orgs do. And I feel like they're really slept on in the community. That's why you don't see people like Ninja in uh, orgs or, you know, certain content creators that are really big and even medium content creators. You don't see them in orgs is because um, sometimes you're you got to know your worth and sometimes your worth is more than the org you know can give back so um i'm not saying that i'm leaving sore but i'm just saying in general uh you got to put that into perspective that some creators don't need orgs to really represent them like uh Zeus in the community Zeus is a creator that will probably never join an org just for the simple fact that he knows that he knows his worth and he would rather do all the work himself uh to to like w- you get all that knowledge and all this all these tips and everything like that and you kind of hit a brick wall where you're like okay well I'm here where is what's the next step you know um, as a talent manager of soar I kind of have a different insight than others but like I said I I do a little bit more work than just a content creator in soar you know finding the talent I know everybody in the community even if you think I don't know you I probably know you I know the name your name's familiar I've seen you somewhere I've watched your content blah 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 like Um, but I guess to go back to the initial question, um, I think orgs are, are huge for smaller creators. Um, it gives them a lot to learn a lot of experience and shows them, you know, kind of the ropes. It's like, it's like going to school, you know, going to school for like to be a surgeon, you know, being in an org is you learn all these, all these, like. Things that you necessarily wouldn't think about without the org. That was a terrible connection, a surgeon and <laughs> gaming. But you, you get where I'm trying to come come at. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. you learn. You Lots learn of a lot. Understand? Of stuff. Yeah, you learn yeah. a lot of stuff being in orgs, and uh, it helps out a lot.
0: I, I'm glad that you mentioned that you're a, a talent manager for Sora, as Some people may or may not know that fact. What's something that you would personally want to see on like a streamer or a content creator's resume like i'm sure like people don't send you a a physical resume Mm -hmm. but what's something that you would want to see out of them that they do on their own that you find that you're like okay this person's doing this i want to pick them up for obviously for a multiple of reasons but this is like a a main reason that i'll pick him over Mm -hmm. this guy
1: um okay so my favorite thing Is and and I've been told I'm really good at finding really good creators. Um, is just being different, being unique. You know, you have a lot of content creators in this community, and I'd say about 75% of them are uploading the same thing, the same type of content. Um, intro, Mm -hmm. gameplay, not much talking, high kills. That's it. Um, it takes unique content for me to really get my eyes opened and I can see unique content from a mile away hence why we're in this call hence why we have a, a a good friendship and why you know I have faith in you is because your content is very unique now there's other streamers out there in the community that aren't in orgs that I can name uh like low g's uh very unique streams very funny he will make you laugh 24/7 um mm-hmm. you know dal is unique um uh timmy's uh golden guardians he kind of his blow up i watched it happen while he was on that in that tournament they were live streaming it they went over to timmy's stream his perspective and he was doing the funny go xlr uh or stream deck like full face cam meme things and that is a really good example i like using timmy for an example because um he stood out and he blew up from it you know, he was doing something that nobody else was doing and people found it really entertaining and enjoyable. And he made himself a, a very well, a very well made career out of being different. So it, it doesn't take a genius, you know, um, for for me personally, like I said, I like seeing unique streams, not PS4 share play, just playing the game. Of course, having fun is awesome. Having fun with your friends is awesome. It's all about having fun in the community, but at the same time, having good equipment and good quality is really, really important. And being different is super important. You know, there, mm-hmm. there, there's a thousand um, different creators out there that are all the same. You know, they just play the game and they play ranked and they try to hit top ranked and that's it. You know, yeah. Um, there's not much there there's not much variety to their streams you know so i i like variety being unique and you know that that's definitely what i would say personally for me i write down video ideas in my notes in my phone i have a list of series and ideas and individual like video ideas single video ideas like collabs like I have so many ideas on my phone and I'll go through and I'll scrap some. There's times where I've made videos edited on myself for a long time. And you know how long it can take to edit videos sometimes. And I'd scrap them, just completely scrap them. So like it, it takes more than just uploading a gameplay to, to really catch my eye, like going deep down into really using your brain as a creative, like an entertainer is, is definitely really, I like, treating a pleasing to the eye, I'd say. I don't know. I don't know the word I'm looking for. I'm stupid.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I I think everybody's kind of got the gist of it. Yeah. My, my next question was to kind of like go over some do's and don'ts. I'm sure we don't have to go over the do's anymore because I'm sure that we've kind of gotten over them and people can kind of pick up and like mold their own thoughts on what you've already said. But what are some don'ts to be able to get picked up by a team? Like is there anything that like if you see this person doing this, mm-hmm. just l
1: um i would say drama um you know i've had i've been in a fair share amount of drama in the community in apex uh, i'd say there's only been two medium to uh, medium sized drama i've been in i i i would say just try to keep it positive and just you know avoid drama at all costs you know somebody tweets something ignorant at you just ignore it block them, move on there's no need to mm-hmm. publicly, because you don't know who's looking at your Twitter, um, you know. And especially, Dalton said this in a video or in a, a, a Twitter clip recently. Uh, having gifs or gifs, whatever, however you call them, in your media on Twitter, um, like replying to people with gifs, or you gotta lay that lay off of that, because you know, if someone's looking for content on your Twitter page and they're scrolling through the media and it's just filled with you replying with uh, gifs, then you know it's it can it's kind of hard to find content when that's getting blocked out it's like going on tiktok and instead of seeing everyone's clips and creativity all you're seeing is a bunch of just random gifs you know what i'm saying so yeah those are two things i know it's hard to stay out of drama especially if you're like me if somebody shows me respect i show respect back if you show disrespect i will be disrespectful back i learned to kind of put that in the past but definitely you know just having a really positive vibe on social media and not really getting into drama is is a good thing so it don't is drama and um you know making sure that your content is easy 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 access easy access yeah i'm just gonna say that (laughs) it's easy to find yeah easy to find
0: no i i i definitely can can kind of like Agree with that. Like, it's it's very hard to stay out of drama. Like, kind of what you're saying. Like, if somebody's disrespectful to you, it's it's really, really hard to kind of keep your mouth shut, especially where it's like something with Twitter. You just Mm -hmm. click tweet, you type something, you hit send, and it's already sent. And it's just it's really hard to kind of stay out of that. But yeah, definitely can agree with what you're saying.
1: Yep. Anybody can Um, look at it. Is
0: brand loyalty anything that people look into? Because I know there's a lot of people that. Either A go for every single RC that they've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I know back when Call of Duty was like kind of like at its peak or at least like going down on its downfall. There was like especially around Christmas time. I'm sure you can relate to this. Around Christmas time, there was obey Christmas uh obey Christmas RCs, Dare Christmas RCs, sore Christmas RCs. Phase never really had the RCs, they already have their set team. Phase five is, you know, obviously something massive that's going on right now. Right. But there's a lot of different teams, including like Aero or L seven or teams like that. During certain times of the year, there's like multiple RCs, even like Red Reserve when that was a thing. Is is it bad to be able to go for every RC that you can possibly find? Or is it better to kind of just go for either like one or two and kind of like be brand loyal to whatever team you're kind of grinding
1: for? Um I'd say when it's when it's orgs that you're talking about, like every org that you've mentioned, um, it's a little bit different. Um, brands that don't really host recruitment challenges like TSM and Energy and stuff like that, those are orgs that you're going to want to be loyal to, like brand loyal. Um, I like to be loyal to Soar like with all the content creators within it because like I said, I built this as a family thing um, and bringing in smaller creators as well. But the, the beginning was uh, it was just a bunch of close friends that loved playing Apex and just wanted to be in the same org and represent it together. Um, but when you're talking about like Dare and Obey and all these other teams like that, um, I, I, I don't see the issue with going for multiple recruitment challenges. Um, so that'd be the answer for that, yeah. I, I don't see the issue for, for medium orgs. Soar's definitely in that list of medium orgs. And then when it goes to the tier ones, um that's when you really want to show loyalty to to the company
0: for for people who don't really know or can't really decipher the difference what is your best way to kind of like explain the difference between like uh, a a brand like tsm because obviously tsm is an organization right Mm -hmm. i personally like to kind of differentiate different teams by calling one a brand one an org like to me soar is an org they've obviously become a brand at this point where it's not even just soar sniping anymore because that's where it started it's just soar at this point tsm is obviously its own brand its own org but then you have like these smaller teams like error where they're their own like team they're their like org it's kind of like having different terms for different things like what's Mm -hmm. the the main difference that you can kind of give to somebody who doesn't know the difference between like what tsm or like error would
1: be um a tier one in my eyes and i guess publicly would just be an organization that has made themselves into a brand um they had a a lot of really big names in there they have a lot they have um you know dedicated law teams like uh the word i'm looking for like lawyers um Mm -hmm. really really in-depth contracts um, assets business people financial people um like it it, that's when it becomes a company or or orgs like era don't have um they might have one of those but they don't have a business team a financial team a law team um you know all these certain things like that's when it it people don't look over the the background of the the company yeah exactly so that's that's the difference between the two um the smaller teams don't really have they might have business but they don't have the connections with uh lawyers or financial aid you know investors stuff like that so that's that's the answer for that one
0: it's definitely a good good way to explain it for people who don't understand is like the having the contracts and stuff and just having people like you, you obviously have your main roster, mm-hmm. but then you have those people on the financial team that you just don't see. But if you're in the team, you'll definitely know of them. So I definitely like that answer. That's actually a really good way to explain it. Yeah. Um, Going over to the last main talking point of the stream before we get into, or not the stream, the the podcast, sorry. Uh, I, I want to talk about something that's a little bit more um, debatable, I guess you would say. <laughs> Okay. controller versus mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. Since, for people who don't know, obviously you came from console. You're playing on uh, PC at this point. You're still on the sticks. You have played M&K here and there. How do you feel, like, where, where do you stand on the M&K versus controller debate since you've come from both platforms? You've played on both inputs. How do you feel about the whole debate?
1: Um, I fully understand why aim assist is such a talk... Talked about a uh, topic. Um, obviously, on console, the aim assist is 0.6. Uh, this was mapped out by iLoot Games and a few other um, people in the community that go into the. I forgot what their, their title is. I'm so stupid. Um, the people who go into and like find the leaks early and stuff. Um, ILoot Games posted. Data miners. Like, yeah. Yes, yes. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, so the console aim assist is 0.6 and the PC aim assist is 0.4. Uh, coming from console, there is a huge difference in the aim assist, uh, especially with the R9 when that was in the game. Still, rest in peace. Um, and the Volt, and the Hemlock, and the Prowler; those are really, really, really strong guns in on console. Um, and I feel like the aim assist really helps that out. Uh, Mastiff Wing is something that you want to run on PC rather than console, just because you have that frame rate. You have um, you have no input lag in the controller and less aim assist. So you have a little bit more focus. Uh, you're you're going to be fighting more up close, especially having aim assist. You want to fight a little bit up close. A lot of controller players know that advantage. Um, there's pros and cons to both inputs. Uh, mouse and key, obviously, the main topic, can loot while moving. Um, recently, there was a controller player by the name Brother Enoch who actually took an idea that I had and and did it. Um, where he had a dual foot pedal setup where he w- he set the keybinds and he was able to loot while moving on controller. So um, that that's one of the, the pros that Mouse and Key has. They also have air strafing. Their movement's a lot better than controller can get and their accuracy, obviously. If you're a really good um, Mouse and Key player, you have really good aim on a mouse um, compared to just a tiny little thumbstick. Um and then we're gonna swap over to the the pros for for controller. Obviously, the biggest one, aim assist. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. There's aim assist in it, but it's not aim assist like you see on Fortnite, Call of Duty. Um, it's it's a very very minuscule aim assist, and uh, people try to. Go into the firing range and show how strong it is. But people also don't realize that the firing range actually has more aim assist than it does in a public lobby. Uh, That was also pulled from data miners. Um, So I feel like there was a huge debate and there always is, there always will be about how OP aim assist is and competitive and all this stuff. But I think if people were to experience console aim assist and compare it to PC, I have 4,000 hours on console, 2,000 hours on PC. I can definitely say, and you can ask any other creator that's been on PC and PS4, like Zeus, Janks, iTemp, all, all of us content creators, we will 100% say that console has disgusting amount of aim assist. Now, it's not Fortnite Call of Duty disgusting where it needs fixed, but compared to PC, I think um, the the mouse and key players that call us, you know, call out and be like, I got controllered, I got aim assisted. I think they take it for granted not understanding how bad they can get quote unquote aim assisted and controller on console. Um that's mm-hmm. my topic of it. I'm not too into it. It's the same thing with like the Xbox versus PS4. I'm like, it's the same. It, I mean that's a little bit different because it's literally the same system. Like it's same specs. You're playing the same game, same frame rate, same everything, just a different controller. Uh but for mouse and key, I I, I don't really get into it too much. Uh, I don't have an issue with it i understand people's arguments i just kind of you know move on and you know do do what, what i like doing best like i said if i wasn't with scuff i would probably grind out mouse and keyboard but since i'm really loyal to scuff i really like the people over there and i really like their products i stay on mm-hmm. controller
0: i'm actually kind of glad that you mentioned scuff because i know that there's a lot of like modable uh controller companies like Mm -hmm. one other one that comes to mind is battle beaver i don't know if they're even still in in uh business or whatever but do you see do you think that there's a difference between how you play when you have a modded controller or if you just have a stock controller like is there a noticeable like skill level difference between the two
1: yes um so for a scuff uh you can i guess you can say it's quote unquote unmodded um they have a few uh things on a scuff that I can't play games without anymore. Um a lot of people knew me uh when I first kind of blew up, I was using just a dual shock just because I was broke as shit. I didn't have money. I, I just used whatever controller I had. Um and I was always like, man, I'll never I'll never get a scuff or anything like that. But I actually had a scuff in 2013 trick with four paddles on it. That's how I trick shotted. Um <clears throat> and we used Back in a competitive Call of Duty, I don't know if you remember, but Cronus Maxes were required mm-hmm. to to be at LAN events. I tried a little bit of competitive Call of Duty Ghost, so I had to use a Cronus Max to use a. For people that don't know what that is, now it's way way too OP, but back then it was mainly used just to use other controllers on other devices. So I was able. People in competitive Ghost on PS4 would use a 360 scuff because they didn't make a PS4 scuff yet. They would use a 360 controller scuff on a PS4. So you would use the Kronos to map the keys to, to the 360 controller. Um, but to answer your question, on the scuff, I use the... Um, there's digital triggers and there's trigger stops. I use trigger stops. It cuts um, about half of the reaction time in half when you're ADSing and shooting. Um, digital bumpers as well. And the the grips. The grips are really good. I personally don't use paddles anymore. I play claw. Both of my paddles, I'll show my controller on screen right now, are removed from the controller itself. And then um, you have the trigger stops. And I do use a control freak. I never was into control freaks, but they sent out a care package and I liked one of the thumbsticks, that So I use a control freak on the right side and then just regular grip. But like I said, the, the comfortability of the scuff, uh, the digital triggers or trigger stops, it's preference and then the digital bumpers. These are reasons why people say scuffs are so expensive. People think that you're just buying a scuff for the two paddles, but realistically you can buy the back attachment for a dual shock. That's 15 bucks. And you know, that's a 75 control, $75 controller right there. You can get a scuff with all these, all these amazing things on it that help your reaction time, help your accuracy, all that for, you know, an extra 40, 60 bucks. And it's way, way, way worth it. And I know people say Scuffs have broken a lot. I have a Scuff to the left of me that I've had for, no, that I've had since I got sponsored with Scuff about a year and a half ago. It still works completely fine, brand new. Uh, I have this controller right here. Never had an issue with it. All three of, or all four of the Scuff controllers I have sitting on my like setup area, all work completely fine, except for the one that I dropped in my toilet one time that's a whole different story i was drunk i went to go pee and i smacked the controller into the toilet and it broke um so as long as you're not doing that your controller should be fine but that's a that's a, a large thing that's talked about that scuffs you know aren't reliable but the thing is i've bought Shocks from walmart straight out of the box a DualShock is the default controller and they were broken right out of the box so it's an electronic thing Uh, the, the good thing with scuff is they do have a really good support team that if it was broken, you can send it back and they're obviously going to send you a new one now due to COVID, it might take a little bit longer than it normally would, but, um, you'll, you'll have a controller that should last you years like mine have. So I've never ran into that issue. Uh, now when you get into strike packs, that is (laughs) a whole different conversation because I get told I have quote unquote, no recoil mods. Uh, all this blah 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 strike pack modded controller all this stuff Um, there's a difference between a scuff and a strike pack you know there's a huge difference I would say scuffs aren't OP now using a strike pack is obviously OP because you're using a no recoil mod and stuff like that but um, yeah that's my input on it yeah
0: scuffs are definitely like helping you perform where Mm -hmm. like a what's it called a strike pack is basically performing for you so, yep. Yeah, Just, I think there's just a lot of misconceptions when it comes to controller because I know that like a lot of the, the keyboard and mouse warriors at this point have either played like H1 or they played CSGO or they haven't really touched console for the most part. Personally, I've came from console mm-hmm. uh, not too long ago, so I kind of get what you're saying, but I feel like there's just a lot of misconceptions when it comes to controller versus K. There's just a lot of people who are just not necessarily dumb or anything. It's just they're not necessarily educated on the the whole matter. You know, right, they kind of like fill in their own like voids and with their own thought process, and they just have it completely mixed up and wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, like we said before, you came from console over to PC. Uh, crossplay has already come out. It's came out on the fall. It was announced a couple months ago. How do you think crossplay has affected Apex, or has it not? Uh, is content creation easier or harder? Because I know a lot of the console lobbies are. I don't want to say easier than the, the the PC lobbies, but I know a lot of people who do who do content creation have gone over to console to be able to get quicker and easier and better gameplays, and then normally just play on PC.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the benefits from it are you're allowed to finally play with your friends that are on different platforms. Um, with skill based matchmaking being implemented, you're still uh, experiencing queue times, or at least I am. Uh, especially in the game mode when I play anywhere from around 1am to like 5am as of right now with two of my IRL friends we usually are running into the same people in every single game um, it takes about five minutes for a game to start and like I said it's the same names in every single game so I feel like uh, skill-based match skill-based matchmaking kind of messed up the the queue time fix um, mm-hmm. for crossplay Uh, But like I said, the benefits would be being able to play with uh, your friends. And I did hear that it's rumored cross-progression might be coming out in the future. Um, So, I mean, that's the benefits. I will say it's easier to get content on console. Um, 100%. It's a lot easier. I'm not saying the lobbies are easier. But when you think of a casual player, um, you think of somebody that's just chilling in their room, playing on like a 50-inch flat-screen TV, you know, maybe you got a friend over and you guys are just taking turns playing back and forth. You're not taking it too competitive. You guys are just chilling, maybe drinking, you know, having a good time. Uh, mm-hmm. there's no casual PC players, you know. If you're on PC, you're probably a, a streamer. You're probably, I mean, there is casuals, but you're there's no taking turns with your buddy on mouse and key on on you know at somebody's setup at their house, you know. So there's a lot more casual players that are playing on. It inputs that like flat screens have really long delays, so like obviously you're not going to be that like amazing or the best player on a flat screen TV. Now of course you can be good on one, but um you know you got a lot of more casuals and in, in in the game. And when you think of it like this, there's only a couple games that are free to play on console right now that are popular. So I mean you got the options between Warzone, Fortnite, and Apex on console. So like there's a lot more people on console that are playing. So there's a lot more noobs, that means a lot more, you know, just new players and casuals. So it's a lot easier to get gameplay, but there still is really good talented players on console and there is good players on PC as well. So it's just easier mm-hmm. to get content because there's a lot more casual players. The the ratio casual to competitive is a lot heavier on PC compared to PS4 or console in general.
0: And obviously at this point within the conversation, obviously your controller player <clears throat> would would you ever take the time to be able to ditch controller, to be able to go on MNK? Because I know a lot of the, the competitive scene, like, there's some people who will stick on the controllers or stick on the sticks for God knows how long. Like, the Amosys boys, gentrifying result to all of them. Mm-hmm. There's other people, like, we the people, or like how you mentioned Enoch, who will stick on the sticks no matter if they're whatever platform they're on, whether it's console or PC. Would you say it's worth the time to be able to go from uh, controller to MNK since a lot of people are switching over now? Or would you say it's just kind of it's good to stick with the controller?
1: Um, I think it's all personal opinion. Like I said, if I wasn't with Scuff, I'd probably be playing on MK as well. Uh, We've seen Average Aiden make the switch about a year ago. We've seen Nicewig not permanently switch, but he, he did switch for a little bit of time there mm-hmm. and got Predator on mouse and key. So it's it's definitely fun. Uh, it's like relearning the game all over again. Um, I like playing mouse and key every now and then. So that's how I like to see it. Uh, it's like learning the game all over again. Now I do have mouse and key experience playing CS:GO, um, custom Black Ops Three Zombies. I play a lot of games M and K, so Like I I have that and knowing how to how the game mechanics of Apex work, you combine those two, you kind of get a little kickstart. Um, but yeah, if it wasn't for Scuff, I'd I would be definitely you know pursuing MK. But I'm very loyal to Scuff, and they're really good people over there. So I would never want to screw them over.
0: It's good to hear it. I, uh, I, as as we talked about, continue. <laughs> good plug, good plug. As we talked about, like before, like the whole Battle Beaver and <clears throat> Scuff, like just like from being in the community so long ago, like Scuff was always the one like control company that always stuck out whether it was mm-hmm. like the reviews or the quality or just like how they implemented scuffs brand into different orgs like phase. I know phase was, uh, sponsored by them and mm-hmm. optic was at one point. They, they were always the the one company that always stood out. So it's, it's good to still see them around within the community and just thrive. Honestly, absolutely. Um, the next thing is just take five where I basically have 10 questions prepared for you. You only have to answer five. You can skip a question if you don't like it or if you don't want to answer it and i'll just go to next okay. Uh to start off what's the dumbest purchase you've ever made and why
1: dumbest purchase i've ever made um, that's a hard one that's a, that's a hard one for sure um I don't think I've made a dumb purchase I'm not gonna lie like I'm sure I might have made like a mild dumb purchase but none of them to the extraordinary where it's like a, a full reasoning why so I guess I'll skip that. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Uh, What's the most fun game you've ever played it can be old it can be new.
1: Most fun game? Um.
0: Mm-hmm. The game where you just came home from school and you, you ran to your house to just be able to jump on and play.
1: I'm not gonna lie the the three games that have made me feel that way is trick shotting call of duty runescape and apex all three of those had the same uh effect for me just like really mm-hmm. addicting <clears throat>
0: uh who's gonna win the next finals nba finals next year uh
1: now, a
0: lot can yeah. happen in the off season but... straight skip, skip?
1: I'm, yeah i'm not too into sports all
0: right What's your favorite experience or opportunity that you've been able to uh, be a part of because of your social media uh, status as a content creator? Like one thing that you you recently talked about <laughs> as well is the, the TSM Invitational. Mm-hmm. Like what's something that you've been a part of because of your content creation status?
1: Attending uh, private like parties at TwitchCon, like where you needed like VIP access uh, and meeting mm-hmm. like all the phase guys. And stuff like that. Phase guys, Tifu, were like it was like a really exclusive parties. That was a really dope experience.
0: It's actually sick. Uh, what's the the best kind of food to eat before streaming to get you full, but keep you energized? Because there's obviously those there's those kind of foods that like get you hella full, but then you start feeling drowsy. What's the food that you like eating to be able to get you full but keep you energized over the six, seven, eight, however many hours you stream?
1: Um, I usually don't eat because my appetite is terrible because of my uh my health issues. But I would go with a a nice, uh, medium rare filet mignon with some mashed potatoes <laughs> and broccoli. Hundred percent, that's the meal to go to. I would say pasta with chicken, like a fettuccine alfredo, but that'd make you tired. So. Oh,
0: dude, that that just hits different. Yes, I'm sir. telling you, Italian food is just oh. I'm Italian so and,
1: and I love Italian food. Pasta every day. Beautiful. Yes, sir.
0: What do you watch anime at all before I answer this, or ask this?
1: I've watched one anime, Attack on Titans. I don't hate anime. I also just don't watch anything. So. Hmm.
0: All right, I'll skip that one then. Would you rather have or $500 per day given to you for the rest of your life or master just one random skill? It could be no matter. It, it literally could be whatever you want it to be.
1: Master one skill.
0: Okay. Do you know what that skill would be?
1: It would probably be something in music, probably production, producing beats, like being like the best, like being the like metro boomin or big head (laughs) on the beat, you know? Like being the best producer or best like art music artist, I feel like could bring more not only like financial value, but like um like a more a bigger presence to have Mm -hmm. a skill like that.
0: Who's the the best gamer? of all time, regardless of game, regardless of genre, who is like the Mike Tyson? Who's the Michael Jordan of gaming?
1: I'm probably going to have to say Shroud. I don't watch him too much, but he is, he's, he's kind of like the godfather of gaming, I guess.
0: Yeah. That's actually a fire answer. Um, I know you say you don't really watch basketball all that much or, or sports in general, Mm -hmm. but you have to start bench or cut one of these people. Who would you start? Bench or cut? LeBron, Jordan, or Kobe?
1: Damn, that's tough. It, I'm, it's, I'm benching, it's not an easy one. I'm benching LeBron. I'm starting Kobe because of my name, and Jordan's going in the middle. They're Ooh. all a so bunch of different and unique players, and like I yeah. don't know, bro. You can't you can't bench any of them. That that shit's illegal.
0: Yeah, you can't. <laughs> it it's illegal. <laughs> Dude, that that's a that that's a question that will just get you murked, bro. People, yeah, it's gonna get people are just diehard fans. They're
1: diehard LeBron fans, or yeah, I don't yep. know. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, top or not even top five, but just your favorite G Fuel flavors, because you're obviously a part of a team who sponsored. I'm sure you have drank G Fuel in the past. Like, what what's your favorite flavors that you kind of like go after?
1: Fun Kobe fact: absolutely hate G Fuel uh i'm caffeine free because uh anxiety makes my anxiety worse but i mean that's when i did drink g fuel back in 2012 the best flavors at that time were watermelon uh tropical rain that was when rains just dropped um i don't even know five flavors i just had watermelon grape and tropical rain back oh, when i no. could drink it when I was fucking dude that
0: was that that was my first ever tub that i ever ordered and my Damn. god dude the, that was when i met the the absolute
1: star at fucking m l g orlando twenty twelve or something
0: jeez dude the i i'm i'm a huge advocate of it obviously with the 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 the, the mountain of them mm-hmm. behind me but dude watermelon' is just l i'm sorry it is l it is just yeah it, there's not a lot of like obviously there's other flavors like tropical rain as you said that yeah. flavor's popping you can you you get a, a whole world of flavors but watermelon i just feel like it's just the the flavor's not necessarily there obviously i i haven't had watermelon for years i the, the the tub that i have is like the black one with the sticker where now it's basically a white tub with a little sleeve so obviously it's been like a very long time since i've had it but oh my god when i had it bro i was surprised when you said watermelon man the throwback i I can definitely understand where where you're coming from with the whole anxiety thing and and uh caffeine it's just not a good mix so that's a fair um well i mean that's kind of all i have for the whole episode uh seems kind of be wrapped up i i want to thank you kobe for coming on and being an amazing guest and if you want to plug anything right now you you can go ahead everything will be in the description that you say and anything that i can find will be down there so Want to plug something, shout out anybody. Go ahead, do what you need
1: to do, baby. Um, use code Kobe on Scuff if you're interested. Steel series, code Kobe twelve. My merch drop. You can find it at Iron right on the main page. And uh yeah, that's it. I hope you enjoyed the I hope you enjoyed the episode. I am uncultured when it comes to movies, and <laughs> I'm a very sad human being. And there, there it is. There you have it. Shout out to worry.
0: I, I'm I'm gonna fix the movie culture for you, bro. I'm gonna I'm a fix that for you, 100%. Okay. I'm gonna
1: give, give you.
0: Here. I'm gonna give you homework, bro. Monthly homework, homework to watch at least. Yes, mm. homework, dog. All right. Homework. I Monthly homework. Got to watch one movie that is absolutely kick ass every single month. Okay. Um. All of his social media, like I said in uh, uh d- a couple seconds ago, all of his social media will be linked in the description below. Anything that I can find, anything that he mentioned, will be able to be found down there. Um, I want you guys to tweet at me or leave in the comment section below who you would want to see on episode two. Um, and one last question before we go, Kobe. Yes, kind of want to keep this as a a continuing theme throughout all the episodes. No matter who the next um, guest is, what's one question that you want to ask for the next person?
1: Um... The question that I'm going to relay to the next person is Let me see here. Um <laughs> it
0: could be Apex
1: related, it could be Yeah, I'm trying to find a really random. good one. I'm trying to find a really good one. Um a hard let's hitters go with hard hitting. How did video games? Change your life. Boom. Just like that. Fair question. Fair we'll question. We'll keep it broad.
0: Yes, sir. Um, Like I said, everybody, I appreciate you either listening or watching the podcast. Again, I appreciate Kobe coming on and being my guest. Uh, if you guys did enjoy the, the the podcast, make sure to leave a like rating on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. So, guys, please comment, subscribe. Thank you guys for watching. See you. Bye.